Master, speak, your servants hear it, waiting for your gracious words, longing for your voice that cleareth, Master, let it now be heard. We are listening, Lord, to you. What have thou to say to us? Oh, our Master, speak to us. We thank you, Lord. We thank you for nourishing us with the Word of God. We thank you for feeding us in the Eucharist. We now ask that you open our hearts and speak to us. Speak to us words of courage, words of comfort, words of faith. And may your word abide in our hearts all the days of our lives, because we do make our prayers through Christ our Lord. Amen. Today we're going to reflect on our gospel story in three movements. Basically, we'll break the story into three to make it easy to handle. So, let's call the movements. First one, the walk. Second one, the scripture or the Bible study, whatever phrase we decide to use for it. And the third movement, the breaking of bread. We all know what happened on Good Friday, the tragedy of the cross. And so Clopas and his companion, like all the other disciples, went through a very traumatic experience. And they were figuring out how to deal with their post-traumatic stress. The Jerusalem experience was tragic. The experience they had in Jerusalem was very destructive, was something that basically shattered their foundation of faith existence. And so they decided to get away from Jerusalem. They decided to just go on a seven miles walk to Emmaus. And while they were on the walk, they were still grappling with their Jerusalem experience. They were still dealing with the confusion, with the doubt, with the apathy. In fact, you can feel that from the way Cleopas was describing the story to the, to the stranger. When the stranger comes along and says, what are you guys talking about? And they were like, duh. Are you the only one who's not heard what's, been, what's happened in Jerusalem? The terrible thing that has happened in Jerusalem to Jesus of Nazareth? And you can even look at, if when you closely look at the dialogue, Cleopas seemed to have reached the point of cynicism. It was the point of apathy. Now look, we put our faith in this guy, and we thought he was going to be the one to save Israel, but now he's dead. And by the way, some women from our group came up and they had started to astound us, to surprise us. 
And so Cleopas was certainly at that point in his life where he was figuring out how to deal with his own Jerusalem experience. He was figuring out with his companion how to navigate his confusion, his mental exhaustion, his doubt. And in fact, he was beginning to question the very existence of the Messiah. You know, there could be a Cleopas in all of us. That sometimes in life, we may have our own Jerusalem experience. Moments of confusion. Moments of doubt. Moments of sometimes even cynicism. I'm tired of the church. Sometimes I hear ex-Catholics say, you know what, I'm done. I don't want to go to church. I don't believe in all these things. I'm done, I'm done. And I'm, I get it. I know, I know. And so there could be times even in our faith journey, even as Christians, even as Catholics, we feel what Cleopas feels, that point of doubt and confusion and apathy and just mental exhaustion. But here is the deal. Even when we try to escape our Jerusalem experience, we don't walk alone. Cleopas and his companion decided to take a walk. It was an escape from that Jerusalem experience. And so the question I've been asking myself, just like Cleopas, how do you get away from your Jerusalem experience? Cleopas decided to take a walk. Is it possible that sometimes we may even try to get into our own escape by food and drink? The things we, we smoke, the things we sniff. Is it possible we may be trying to get away from our Jerusalem experience by some kind of unhealthy addictions? And so the trauma of Cleopas is something that all of us as human beings can deal with sometimes in life. But here is the good news. Just like Cleopas, Jesus indeed comes along. Even as we walk that journey of confusion, the journey of doubt, even the journey of apathy, Jesus walks with us. And he does not just walk with us. He leads us to the next level. The power of the word of God. The power of scripture. The sharing of the word of God. Because Jesus recognizes that as human beings, yes, these guys have been broken. Like all of us, we can be broken. But there is something in the power of God. And so when they finished pouring out their hearts and confusion and doubt, Jesus now begins to give them a mild scolding. I say, come on. Are you that so, so, so foolish? Now let's go through the scriptures. And he began to lead them through the scriptures, beginning from Moses, through all the prophets, and began to help them connect the dots. And then they began to see the big picture. The word of God recreates. The word of God revives. 
And how do we believe this? Notice what happened at the beginning in Genesis. When the woman was in the garden walking along, and you know who walked along? Somebody walked along and began to have a conversation with the woman and says to the woman, why are you not eating that fruit? And he said, well, they said we shouldn't touch it. He said, because if you do, you're going to... He said, no, no, look, I'm going to tell you. Eat of this fruit. If you do, you will be civilized. You will be wise. And so there was a talk. And the woman ate. And there was shame. Now, what we are reading in our gospel is actually the counterfoil of that beginning in Genesis. The walk of Satan with Adam and Eve is the walk of Christ with Cleopas and his companion. The conversation between the serpent and the woman is the conversation between Jesus and Cleopas and all of us. And the eating of Eve that brought shame, the breaking of bread is what brings re revival and renewal and recreation. And that's the power of God. That's what the word of God does for us. And that's why, you know, in, Genesis, in John chapter 1, John says, In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. The very word in the beginning is what Jesus is now recreating for his disciples and for all of us. And it is in that word that they now find strength. They now find recreation. And that was why, towards the very end of the story, you see Cleopas saying, wasn't our heart burning when he spoke to us, when he broke the word for us, when he exposed us to the power of Scripture? And that is because the word of God truly fills us. Even when sometimes we deal with confusions in life, we deal with doubts, believe me, there is power in the Word of God because the Word of God truly revives and the Word of God recreates. But even added to that is our final movement, the breaking of bread, the Eucharist, that Jesus, even when they failed to recognize him, until the very end, when he did like he was going to move on, and they said, no, please don't go, it's late, stay with us. We loved what we heard from you on the way for two and a half hours. You shared the word of God with us. Please don't go. Stay. And Jesus was like, are you sure? He said, please stay. And while they were at table, he takes bread, just like we do on the altar every mass, broke it, gave thanks, and handed it to them. And then they recognized him at the breaking of bread. So the question we're going to ask then is, in our Jerusalem journey, in our Jerusalem experience, what can the Eucharist do for us? What does the body of Christ do for you each time you come to Mass? Number one, recognition and healing. Even when things look so confusing, even when life looks so doubtful, when we receive Jesus into our hearts, just like Cleopas and his disciples, there is clarity. There is clarity of vision because the sights are fused. Our insight, 
Our hindsight, our foresight is fused with the vision of Christ. And that's why the apostles were like, aha, now I can see clearly. Now the rain is gone, I can see brightly. That's the power of the breaking of bread. The second thing is empowerment. That at the breaking of bread, we receive power. And that's why the very Jerusalem they were trying to run away from, right after the breaking of bread, they decided to return. They returned to the very darkness that they were running away from because they now had something more powerful than the tragedy of the cross. They had something more glorious than the tragedy of the cross, and that is the power of the resurrection. And finally, the breaking of bread deepens our communion with Christ and deepens our communion with the body of Christ. When they received Jesus, and Jesus broke the bread for them, they returned to the body of Christ and began to share their experience with Simon and with all the apostles. So what is our message today then? It's simply a couple of things. That number one, because we are human, sometimes like Cleopas, we may have our Jerusalem experiences. Experiences of doubt and confusion, even of the faith, even of your faith as a Catholic, even of your faith as a Christian. But the truth remains that even in those depths of your life, you don't walk alone. Jesus walks with you, and he gives you power through the word of God. And he not only gives you power through the word of God, he breaks the bread and gives you his body to nourish you, to feed you, to refresh you, to remold you, to keep you. And that's what we believe. And so our prayer this morning is that as we continue our life's journeys, may the Lord strengthen us. May the word of God brighten our hearts. May the body of Christ enlighten our minds that in all things we will recognize him and we can say to him, my Lord and my God. Somebody please say amen.